Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the 15th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of September 5th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and if you're here in the United States, happy Labor Day weekend. And this is kind of an interesting weekend, this time that we take to acknowledge the labor and work which we do throughout the year. Hopefully this is also a time that we're acknowledging the time and work and effort that we're putting into our communities and our other people, making sure that that is part of our charity, that we're giving back to other people as much as we are doing our own labor And as you'll find out, it kind of ties into a lot of kind of the themes that we've been kind of going through these last couple weeks. And for me, I think it's really exciting to be thinking about it in that way. With doing that, it allows us to really be creative in how we are understanding our role within society and understanding our role within a community and what that all entails, and especially within our Christian faith, what that then ties into. So let's look at the Twitter question from last week because it will lead into where we're going this week. Where in your life do you need to reevaluate things so they don't become hollow? And one of the responses that we got back this last week was appreciating people and making sure that we're giving appreciation, which is really funny that that was brought up because that will be a major part of what we're talking about this week and making sure we're looking at it and acknowledging that. But last week, the we talked about how there's been multiple different things in our life where through the spoilage, it's actually provided new life through allowing a bacteria to take over something. And that's something that I wish I kind of stated a little bit clearer last week. When you're preparing these conditions, when we're allowing whatever bacteria to come in, that then takes over and kind of colonizes the whole whatever thing that we're doing, whether it be from cabbage to make sauerkraut or to bread where the yeast is going to kind of take over and kind of control that atmosphere. It's in a similar vein to what we have with faith. As long as we're preparing the conditions and allowing God to come in, it kind of takes over everything in which we're doing which changes things. It changes how we look at and evaluate our own lives. So let's just jump into it for this week. The semi-continuous text, like what we've talked about the last few weeks, we're kind of going through this book of Solomon. And now this is apparently the rumor has it that he's accredited with writing Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, 8 and 9, 22 and 23. This is a compare comparison to recognizing first how great God is, that being chosen by God is of much more value than anything here on earth. And in doing that, we need to not just spoil it. We have to be recognized that we need to be generous with our gifts and making sure that we're not pushing aside people who could potentially benefit from this. So like it states in verse 22, do not rob from the poor because they are poor or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord pleads their case and despoils of life those who despoil them. So this idea of, again, making sure that as we're going out, as we're looking at what's going on around us, that we're being aware and observant of everyone around us. The psalm that ties in with that is Psalm 125, all five verses. This text 
is recognizing the trust that we need to continue to put into God and then what God then does for us, that he is surrounding his people and is protecting his people and is trying to do the best that God can, that allowing to defend things off, but then we also have a responsibility to do the same thing. And then in that, that's where the uprightness of what God is expecting in us and to make sure that we're staying a straight and narrow path will come out of us and will be visible to others. The other Old Testament text that's the alternative for the week is Isaiah chapter 35 verses 4 to 7a. This takes it from a little bit different spot and especially with what we'll hear in the gospel text You hear in verse 5, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. But it's recognizing that we don't need to have a fearful heart, but we need to be strong and realize that through God that we are strong, that we are making sure that in that we're also speaking out for those who need someone to be spoken out for or making sure that we're being charitable or keeping our eyes open to who should be acknowledged in these moments and realizing that God is in that just as much as God is within us. The psalm that ties in with that is Psalm 146, and this is a praise psalm through and through recognizing how much God is continuing to bless us with the earth, bless us with help, bless us with being able to help execute justice and give food to others, being able to open the eyes of the blind, both metaphorically and physically, watching out for strangers and the orphan and the widow, making sure that in our faith and in our praise, we are being observant to others around us, being aware of what is going on around us. The New Testament text this week, or the second reading, is from James chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, optionally 11 to 13, and 14 to 17. This is continuing that theme that we picked up last week from James of how we first have to not try to show favoritism. That's not our role. God is the judge, not us. So that we shouldn't be favoring people just because of their position or the way they look or the advantages that might come from getting to know this person and giving them preferential treatment compared to those that maybe don't dress beautifully, or maybe you're having a rougher time in life that we kind of try distancing ourselves. And this is part of the action of us being able to live out our faith and showing that that faith has transformed us, that we're not trying to show a disparity between the rich and the poor. We're trying to make sure that we are sharing in God's blessedness, sharing the gifts of God among us. I think this is really stated actually decently well in those optional texts from 11 to 13. So coming from verse 11, For the one who says, You shall not commit adultery, also said, You shall not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you are a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those being judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So this idea of there isn't like preferential treatment on which are more important. And again, looking at 
the body as a whole, we got to make sure that we're doing the same thing. And it definitely gets into that here in those last few verses of where faith needs to have some action. It's not by works alone, which we would get from you know me coming as a Lutheran, coming from the Lutheran side of me, but it's also faith by itself is dead without doing something. You have to do something with that faith. The gospel text this week is out of Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 37. This is coming after the feeding of the 5,000. He is coming out of the region of Tyree. We have a Gentile woman who comes to him saying that there is a demon in her daughter. Jesus then, you could maybe argue that this is more of a joking remark. Otherwise, it's kind of a harsh remark. Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. The woman responds, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Jesus responds, For saying this, you may go. The demons has left your daughter. They find that the demons have left the daughter. Second of all, then, as he's continuing and continuing to move, there's a deaf man brought to him. He takes him aside in public. He plugs his ears. He spats and touches his tongue. He then speaks, be open, epitha. And when that happens, the person is able to speak plainly and the tongue is released and the ears are open. Jesus then states to not tell anyone, but obviously this is something that just gets spread throughout the countryside. He has done everything well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And that's where our gospel text ends this week. But before we talk about how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plug. Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to help give me some direction. Having multiple different biblical scholars from their Working Preacher podcast, but also to their commentaries and just giving multiple different perspectives. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I would highly recommend it. But I would also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt.edu. One of the things I really enjoy about this resource is having the art and having the historical art pieces and how different people have interpreted this text right there at my hands. I also really like how they lay out the text, so it's a little bit easier for me to bring you this podcast week after week. But I would recommend both the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt.edu along with Working Preacher. Without both these resources, I would not be able to bring you this podcast week after week. It's sometimes really hard in a text like this to be so diligent and being so aware of what are those that are overlooked, making sure that we're not overlooking people. James more talking about, we don't want to overlook and cast judgment on the other people. And where we're getting even the proverb, making sure we're aware of people and that the faithfulness in our heart coming from Isaiah then should make us keen and aware to others so that we can, as the Psalms are kind of talking about, give praise and continue to be a light in and out in the community. This week, I found myself doing a really weird rabbit hole that I feel really exemplifies this really well. And it was one of these stories that as I got going, I just couldn't stop 
really thinking about and really thinking that this is the story of exactly what is going on. And it's kind of an amazing kind of comeback story. So I'll attach a link. It's from Nautilus. Uh, the problem with scientific credit. Our algorithm says a courtesy driver should have won the Nobel Prize, coming from 2018. And it tells the story of Douglas Prasher and how they ran this algorithm three years ago and that in 2008, the Nobel Prize for Chemistry should have included Douglas Prasher. Now, what they find and why their algorithm, this is someone trying to figure out what's the chances of you winning a Nobel and how, it goes through kind of recognizing that as you continue to be acknowledged in the field, the likelihood of you getting a Nobel potentially goes up. That if they keep referencing your papers, you should win a Nobel. And what they were finding in the 2008 Nobel for Chemistry for green fluorescent protein, Prasher was brought up time and time and time again, but received no credit for the Nobel. So what gives? What happened? And it's, to me, was this was a really fun story because one, and this dates me a little bit, I remember in high school reading and hearing about this Nobel being given out and then having to do supplemental work dealing with this because it was given out and what does that all mean and what then can we learn from this? But let's first kind of go through. Green fluorescent protein is something that comes from a specific species of jellyfish. And what was happening is in the 80s, Prasher was working with this and himself was trying to work on splicing the DNA to just having the part of the DNA that does the green fluorescent protein. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get, because these jellyfish under a blue light or UV light would glow that he wanted that characteristic. He wanted to be able to isolate that characteristic. His idea was if you were able to isolate that, you could potentially attach it to other proteins and then be able to track different things within the body. So remember, this is early DNA technology. He did some rough splicing. And the story goes that as he was working on tenure, he has a bad presentation right before his tenure committee. And the stress is really getting to him. He has a three-year-old daughter with his wife at the time. And she states that her dad doesn't smile anymore. He's just spinning. He goes to the tenure committee and says to suspend his review that he quits. He takes another job in Department of Agriculture and eventually is out of the scientific field for a period of time. But before he did, he did something that was really unusual. He had, in his time, kind of been cutting his own DNA and had kind of what he was fairly confident had isolated at least the had made it there was a solid chunk of the green fluorescent protein with a little bit of tails on the end for some other jellyfish things. There have been two people in particular who had shown interest. And even though he wasn't being able to get the grants and stuff that he was needing to continue his research, Prasher then, right before he left, took his cloned green fluorescent protein, GFP gene, 
with a little bit of Tales of Jellyfish stuff and had sent it to the two people who had shown interest in what he was doing, Martin Chelfi and Roger Shen. And what happened then, over 16 years later, both of them were two of the three who got the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for green fluorescent protein. Chelfi, what he was able to do was being able to show that it was able to be attached to a living organism, such as a roundworm, and putting it, connecting it to specific proteins, being able to then track it throughout the body. This has been major in cancer research and just being able to track things and how they go throughout the body. Where Chen took Prasher's gene, mutated it some more, and causing it to be able to glow more than just in green, but being able to do other modifications and even taking fluorescent protein from types of coral to be able to get pretty much the color wheel in different glowing fluorescent proteins, thus allowing for multiple different colors to be able to be in to be able to track multiple different types of proteins which was interesting at the time. Here, the Nobel Prize being kind of the summit, the pinnacle of what people strive to do. Both of these men acknowledged that it could not have done what they did without pressure, which was fascinating because then what ended up happening out of that is because of the recognition and them continuing to return that credit to Douglas Prasher they ended up getting pressure back into the world of academia. Because he had been turned down initially, and from the encouragement of Chelfi and Shen, they were able to get him back into it, and in fact, for a period of time, he worked in Chen's lab. This, to me, was just a fascinating story. Fascinating, because this shows how often it's easy for us to absorb credit. And forget to continue to talk about the people that we have built upon, the things that we're able to do, and at times then, at the detriment of ourselves. I think about this story and how Prasher easily could have just left that data and said, I don't have a clone gene, and that you had a couple people, and essentially you had to start over. I think about that in when we've talked about Nikola Tesla and how he was so private with so many of his notes and writing in his own stuff that there's ideas that he apparently had, but none of us have been able to recreate over a century later because we can't understand his notes and he didn't really work with anybody. This shows the power of cooperation, the power of understanding at this point, Prasher taking whatever pride that he had and said, I can't do anything with this. I'm leaving the field. Here, you guys showed interest. See what you can do with it. How many of us would do that ourselves? In this article, it also talks about the amazing story of Darlene Love, which is more of a musical story, but she's the one that does Christmas baby please come home and how she had typically been a backup singer most of her career and into the 80s where she was essentially doing cleaning gigs on the floor scrubbing here's her own song and then it's like why am I doing this I need to push through and the point of at times being so cooperative and so team oriented that there's a point where you have to be able to let yourself lead to be able to get the recognition 
And that's the weird thing of where scientific credit is. They put a lot of names on that paper, but it also then kind of goes to the people who continue to do work on it, continue to work on that, continue to show interest in it. And maybe at the end of their career, they get acknowledged for what they did. This is kind of the scientific dilemma with the Nobel Prize is that the Nobel Prize is for a specific thing, but it's also for a career achievement and kind of striving toward that. That's what's actually kind of funny when you look into things where equals mc squared, arguably the most recognizable scientific equation, was beat out for the Nobel Prize for essentially the light switch. And you could argue the time that Einstein ends up winning for his general relativity was arguably one of his least known. And yes, it was a great discovery, but it really wasn't the same as understanding the speed of light and how that's transformed even to this Internet age, how we understand things. So how does this all have to deal with the gospel? Chen and Chelfie understood that they were not fully to take the award themselves. Now, granted, there was a third person there, but these were the main two like researchers who dealt with this, who their evidence of how they did things were recognized. But understanding that there was another person who deserved as much to be there, and because they hadn't been in the academic world for the last over 15 years, 16 years, that they were still going to make sure that they were recognized. And then going in and getting to the point where they brought them back into the world of academia, I think is absolutely fascinating. And it's showing how they were sharing the gifts of what they had, recognizing how they could have easily just taken all the credit. But realizing that that would have ate at them, realizing that there was only so much of it that they could take credit for. Especially Chelfie, I'll attach a video down below talking about how quick and how easy based on the way that they did it, based on using a vector and being able to get it into a bacteria, it was a fairly simple doctoral thesis that they were working on that they got it to work really quickly. And they didn't anticipate it being that quick. Granted, there were others who tried and the way that they did it was a little bit different and thus made it work. But the heavy labor had already been done. Shen took what was there, understanding the different proteins and how they were wrapped around in a barrel and then the helix going through and the different amino acids that were working there. And if I mutate and modify and play with those to get different colors, but the main work of getting the protein, the DNA sequence had already been done. To me, this is the demonstration of the best parts of humanity, but the best parts of our faith as well. Making sure that we aren't taking the whole credit. Jesus is saying to tell no one because I think part of it is Jesus didn't want all the credit. Jesus was trying to have us understand that faith is also us included in that, God included in that, the community included in that, people coming and taking this death man to Jesus to recognize that, yes, this man might be able to do something. A community belief, a belief in God where Jesus is going to recognize that this isn't by his power, but through God, the creator's power, that is able to do that. It's a community of faith, and there has to be the belief of the person understanding it, just like the Gentile woman having the belief in and of herself that Jesus could do something. 
the man having the belief and the understanding that even though this seems weird, I believe that this can happen. And then the people helping us remember to give praise to God for what goes on. So the Twitter question this week is, where do you need to give God praise this week? Where do you need to recognize God doing something amazing in your life and maybe that you haven't stated? Where is that? So often we are, especially in the West, an I culture instead of a we culture. Where do we need to make sure God gets praise? Where do we need to make sure that others get praise? Where do we need to recognize the Douglas pressures among us? The help made us who we are today. And how have we gone about recognizing those people? Because that's an important part of our faith walk. That's an important part of life. Being able to recognize and given the opportunity, make sure that they know that. That they have made an impact on your life. They've helped make you who you are. And that's important. Jesus, in this case, is helping us remember that we need to give recognition where recognition is due. God deserves a lot, but so do people around us in our faith communities. Because without them, science and faith really don't go anywhere. Think of how much in your faith has been built upon people helping you understand things, getting you through difficult things. Science is built on the idea of building upon other people's research, building upon our understanding, being at the cutting edge, and supporting each other on the cutting edge. Our faith should be the same way. Jesus recognizing and bringing in a new age, a new way of looking at life and faith. So are we willing and able to do the same. I hope so, because it's something that I know myself included needs to continue to work on. There's a couple people I need to reach out to this week and let them know I appreciate what they've done for me. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. <laughs>